0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage the Poet. And it gives me great pleasure to come before you once more on this platform. And For tonight's episode, first and foremost, giving thanks to the Most High, to our ancestors, to each and every one of you, all of the listeners who tune in weekly to this broadcast on Tuesday nights. We come to you live weekly on Tuesdays. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via the TalkShoe.com internet server. And we want to say a special thanks also to TalkShoe's administrators because they are always helping, always affirming, always supportive. And a special, special thanks goes out to Stephen Rodriguez, And the No Notes Show. Steven Rodriguez is the president and CEO of the No Notes Show. And we want to say a special thanks to him and to his vice uh, president and executive. Um, And we always refer to him as Doc. We appreciate him very much. He is a... um, two supporter of the Exceptional Scribble Show, as well as a fellow scribe. So we want them to know tonight we appreciate them. They are always assisting us with promoting our shows. So we do want them to know thank you, thank you, thank you. And with all our heart, we say we appreciate you. Next, I'm going to start off with giving the itinerary for tonight's broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to The Exceptional Scribble Show. And this is episode 197. Yes, three episodes shy of 200. We are pushing, pushing, pushing for episode 200. It's coming soon. We have some surprises for that episode. but. For now, you are fortunate if you're tuning in tonight. Here's what you are in store for. What's happening now? We are now having what we refer to as the exclusive interview hour. The exclusive interview hour begins at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and ends at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, we cater to callers. So sometimes the exclusive interview hour has and will extend beyond just one full hour. But note this, if that is to occur, it is going to prove to be an enrichment forum no one will want to miss out being a part of. So I'm going to urge you right now, if you can acquire a notepad or notebook, uh, your iPad, whatever you can grab so that you can engage in serious note-taking, I promise you this, You will want to do that because we have a special guest and feature artist in the spotlight tonight who is well versed, yes, well versed in the genre of literature that she is an author of. So let's begin. Here's what's happening tonight. The feature artist in the spotlight is published author, Ms. Charisse Francis. And here are the show details for everyone. Our topic for tonight is fiction poetry with an infusion of ancient African relics. Celebrating culture to promote self-esteem. Our focus for this enrichment forum tonight is Sharice Francis's book, which is entitled Lucy's Bone Scrolls, the Black Speculative Mystery School, and for those that do want more information, it is a chapter book. The genre is classified by the published author as Afrofuturism slash Afro Surrealism. Poetry, this is poetry, and fiction, ladies and gentlemen. So keep all of that in mind because that will even help you when jotting down a few questions that you'd like to ask this intriguing scribe or writer. Another thing, the publisher of this book is Three-Legged Elephant Publishing. And the release date, the book was published, is August 7th, year 2017. So this is a book that has recently become public okay its launch was august of last year ladies and gentlemen so we definitely want to push and promote sales of this book we want to get many people aware that this good literature exists and it is accessible to them you will find out more details about the book as we move ahead in the interview, ladies and gentlemen. So hold tight to your seats and just, just you know, bear with me. I want to kind of take you on a journey tonight. So we're going to take this slow. We're not going to rush ahead. Also, this is what our Enrichment Forum context will be. Tapping in or gaining access to the divinity within you, otherwise known as black gold or God. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, so we're going pretty deep tonight. This is not your surface, okay, just surface discussion. We believe in having in depth dialogue, and in-depth discussion on this platform. So there will be a lot of good, good pearls of wisdom shared with you this evening. So make sure that you, you are ready to take notes. Now is the time. Get what you need so that you can take notes, ladies and gentlemen. About the feature artist, this is just a brief, profile, and a brief bio. The feature artist, Ms. Sharice Francis, is an Afro-Caribbean American, a New Yorker, a writer, a poet, a blogger, a literary curator. Hmm, sounds interesting, right? But there's so much more. That's just Some just a little information about her. Also, she is the founder and manager of J Expression and the advisor and community liaison at Queen's Book Festival. Also, she is the founder at Futuristically Ancient. Now without Any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I am now rolling the red carpet and turning the spotlight on to the special guest. Yes, you heard me correctly, special guest. And feature artist in the spotlight for episode 197 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And just in case you just tuned in, you are now tuned in to Exceptional Scribble, ladies and gentlemen. And I am your host, Sage the Poet. Enjoy tonight's exclusive interview hour coming to you live via the TalkShoe.com internet server. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Hi. This is Sage the Poet, and whom do I have the pleasure of speaking with?
2: Hi. Good evening. This is Cherise Francis.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: This is the special guest. (laughs)
0: our feature artist in the spotlight. And I must say, we are in for a treat tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you're ready, 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 because this is the woman of the hour for the exclusive interview hour. Welcome, Ms. Cerise
2: Francis. Thank you for having
0: me. You're very welcome. And I understand that you are a resident of New York, Am I correct? Yes. And what Hailing city? All the way
2: from Queens. Okay,
0: Queens, New York. And we want to yeah. give a big shout out to Queens. Yes.
2: Queens, Verso hey. and Peppa Run DMC.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. <laughs>
0: well, we definitely are um, so so very pleased that you were able to accept our invitation to be our guest for tonight's exclusive interview hour. We're going to start off with simply asking for you to give us a little background information about what captivated you as, as for your writing and made you sure or certain about taking the route of poetry. Because, of course, poetry – Books don't sell as mm-hmm. quickly as your urban fiction does. So if you can just kind of give us a little background about how you started, uh, what or whom inspired you to become a poet slash writer, mm-hmm. and, you know, what interest uh, you have in writing your poetry. What what are your themes,
2: mm-hmm. that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So I started writing poetry when I was around 10 years old. Um, I've always been a very quiet person and reserved person, so poetry Mm -hmm. and writing was a way for me to express myself. Um, For me, uh, writing poetry is about the essential. Um, Mm -hmm. When it comes to writing things like prose or fiction, you have to do a lot more Explaining, but with poetry, it's about the the image, the the feeling, the emotions. It's much more impactful, in my opinion. Um, yeah. uh, when I was younger, people like Nikki Giovanni. One of my favorite poems from her is "Ego Tripping," uh, and James Weldon Johnson. They they inspired me, and um I wanted to continue writing poetry as I got older and um the, some of my major themes in in my poetry is exploring language and exploring mythology. I love um exploring myths and exploring um the ancient wisdoms of myths and looking at the divine from different perspectives of different cultures from around the world. And also Um, One of my writing processes is looking at the roots of words and through the roots of words seeing different cultural interactions and histories that are packed into words we use every day. So a lot of that influences my writing of poetry.
0: Wow, outstanding. Um, In reference to, uh, you mentioned about etymology, the study of the origin and roots of words, Mm-hmm. Um and, and and as far as your higher ed education experiences are mm-hmm. concerned, uh what did you major in and or what courses uh would you say um basically attributed to you discovering or your self discovery about uh your writing um abilities and, and just that assurance, you gaining that assurance that writing was the path for you Mm -hmm. to take as well. Mm -hmm.
2: So um, I went to Baruch College in Manhattan, and I majored in a combined major of music and journalism slash creative writing. Yeah, so I originally wanted to do music journalism because i love music and that's one of my major passions but eventually okay. the creative writing kind of pulled had a stronger pull on me but um taking those courses uh kind of also helped to shape my writing as well as i said i love words and i love language so I believe there's a musicality to language, and so I love to play with words. I love to play with the sounds of words a lot in my own mm-hmm. writing. And, um, and I love to do a lot of research and investigation. As I say, I love etymology, so that you see the journalistic side of my writing as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Wow, okay.
2: Well, I tell you,
0: um, I can see there's a, a very... Uh, distinct pattern in regards to your studies and what your uh, uh, talents or uh, hobbies and passions are. Everything's interwoven, it, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as the musicality concerns, I guess I'll just ask this question: um, Do you sing? Are you one? who can read music, um, and are you a musician? And if so, what instrument do you play?
2: Uh, I wish I was a musician. I actually don't play any instruments, really. Um, okay. I do sing a little bit, uh, but mm-hmm. not really professionally. Um, I just love listening to music. I love music history, especially um um, classic um, oldies music, like uh, soul music, funk music. One of my favorite groups is Parliament Funkadelic. Um, and I okay. love Mother, Mother's Finest as well, a uh, funk rock band. So <laughs> I do have a passion for, like, listening to music and researching its history, yeah. Wonderful.
0: Now, in in regards to poetry, um, would you classify yourself as a stage poet or spoken word artist, or as a page poet, one who uh, mostly writes and then has your uh, poems bound in a book and publish.
2: Um I'm more of a page poet. Uh, I focus more on writing on the page, but I do have an appreciation for spoken word poetry, and I kind mm-hmm. of um, watch spoken word videos to... Practice uh, how I read my poems in public as well.
0: Thank you. Um, now my next question will be: How long have you been writing poetry, or what age were you when you started?
2: Um, so I started around, like around ten. Uh, the teachers I had, they they were very encouraging about. Uh, expressing yourself and being creative I remember in I think the sixth grade we had to write our own book so they gave us this blank book and we basically had to write our own uh, poetry and short stories and decorate it so from the from a very young age I I loved books and writing and expressing myself through that
3: yeah okay
2: Uh, My
0: next question would be um, what our focus for tonight's episode is, and that focus is your book entitled Mm -hmm. Lucy's Bone Scrolls, The Black Speculative Mystery School. And Mm -hmm. uh, am I correct to say that this book is a chapter
2: book? Yes, it is.
0: Okay. And uh, what uh, made you decide? to author a chapter
2: book? Um, well, I wanted to put something out into the world, and I had uh, written most of the poems beforehand as responses to a couple of events I went to. Uh, it was an Afrofuturism conference I went to in 2015, and then an exhibition I went to called Black Magic, Afro Past, Futures, and so I had written about 10 poems in response to those two events, and I had posted them on my blog, and I knew that I wanted to do something with those poems eventually, so I ended up creating a handmade book that's a precursor to the book I have now, and um, Mm -hmm. that I have in my mobile library, so... I had that book, but I didn't know what to do with it, so I kind of put it aside for a while, and then I met Malcolm Boyd from Three-Legged Elephant uh, Publishing. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and he asked me if I had anything published, and I didn't ha- have anything at the time, so he asked me if I wanted to publish something, so I thought, why not take these poems that I had written and make them officially into a book? Yeah. Mm. Now, in reference to the
0: publisher, uh, Three-Legged Elephant Publishing and the CEO of Three-Legged Elephant Publishing, uh, Malcolm Boyd, uh, did he uh, read your, your poetry first or was he privy to hearing you doing a public reading when he uh, inquired concerning you having your works
2: published? Um, No, he actually had it. Um, We actually had met like months before and then lost contact. And then we met again. And he was doing a reading event at um, in Jamaica, Queens. And he wanted to invite me to participate. And that's when he asked me if I had anything published, because he thought it would be nice to, you know, debut uh, my work at that event. So I sent him what I had, and he read through it, and he he thought my poetry was, um, how should I put it? <laughs> he thought it was very mm-hmm. interesting and compelling. So he, mm. he was, was on board for publishing it, yeah. Now I'm going to ask, in reference to your book,
0: Lucy's Bone Scrolls, The Black Speculative Mystery School, uh, is there a target audience or a specific age group that you are catering to with your writing style as well
2: as the um, content? Um, I think the book can cater to a mostly adult audience. Um, I do have like one curse word in here. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. um, It's for everybody who wants to you know, engage. Who wants to engage with it? Who wants to engage with the truth that's in it? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, like, since I'm a black woman, a black woman would feel connected to it most, because especially since the cover of the book has um, Lucille Armstrong, uh, Louis Armstrong's wife, on it, her sitting mm-hmm. under the the Sphinx. So yeah. I think black women would really connect to that image. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Excellent. And um, I do want to say kudos to you in your uh, illustration choice for the front cover of your book, because I thought that was uh, very captivating to look at and to behold and see when I saw Thank the you. front cover. It it drew me in. It made we want to inquire more about the book. So uh, good, a job well done as far Thank as you. your choosing of what you wanted to illustrate. Now, in reference to, um, I would say in reference to uh, um, culture, okay, because we mm-hmm. know uh, culture encompasses much, you know, it, 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 it's uh, witnessed in so many diverse ways and mm-hmm. it, it's something that identifies the people. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say about the book uh, that you find it, it, it's, it's most or more praiseworthy in its efforts to celebrate culture? In general, is there um, anything specific about the book? It, like some people would say, oh, it's the art. Some people would say, no, it's the word. You know, the vocabulary that you use. Mm-hmm. Some people would say it's the characters that are characterized in the book. So, what would you like? What specific uh, traits? What is it about the book that celebrates culture in general the most? Mm-hmm. Um, I would
2: say it's references to uh history of people of the African diaspora. Um, mm-hmm. And also since I, my, most of my work is in Afrofuturism, um, pulling in threads of Afrofuturism into it. For example, the first poem uh, that I have called narrative technology, it mentions Octavia Butler. Um, mm-hmm. It, um, it mentions how our stories as black people are used to fight back against white supremacy and um, to shatter it so we can show our own stories and show who we are to the world. Um, mm. I make references to uh, the Nat Turner rebellion in one of my poems in there Um I honor victims who were who were lynched in the past in one of my poems. So a lot of that history is brought into my book.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. As far
0: as branding goes, would you consider that you have already branded your work in general? And when I say your work, I'm not being uh specific in regards to just referencing the book that we're focusing on at this time mm-hmm. but in regards to all of your work as a literary artist what mm-hmm. would you say uh you're doing to establish a brand or what would you say is the brand for your literary
2: art mm. Well, most of my work is centered around the work I do with my blog, uh, Futuristically Ancient, which is Mm -hmm. an Afrofuturism-inspired blog. I actually started that blog in college when I had an assignment to do for a blogging class, and I wanted to create a blog that explored the connections between history, the past, the present, and the future, So I created Futuristically Ancient that showed the kind of connections between all three. And so a lot of my work is focused on those connections. Um, For example, one of the major themes of my blog is Sankofa, which is a West African Mm -hmm. adinkra symbol that means in order to move forward, you have to go back and get what you need. So a lot... Of my writing, a lot of my branding is focusing on taking what we need from the past to create new futures and exploring that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, in reference to there
0: are several things that I shared uh, when giving a brief profile uh, description about you. And these, of course, were things mm-hmm. that I learned in just reading. Um, information about you from either articles that were published or going to the various uh, links of uh, pages that you have online. Um, In reference to being the founder and manager of J Expressions, we share with our listeners and audience a little about what J Expressions is all about.
2: Okay, uh, J Expressions is my pop-up mobile library slash bookstore project that I started in July of 2016. It was part of a um, an event that was happening at this organization named No Longer Empty. They do pop-up exhibitions around the city, and so they asked me to do a mobile library project and so I decided I decided um, so I decided to uh, to do one in dedication to southeast Queens writers and authors because there's actually very few bookstores in Queens there's none in southeast Queens where I'm from so there's no real platform for uh, writers and authors here to really showcase their work. So I wanted to do a project to kind of cultivate the literary community here. And so that's when I started J Expression, and I've been running it since then.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, um, J Expressions, uh, as a project, it's a community-centered one. And it's community based do you um go to different schools and or after school programs to kind of promote what you're doing and by by way of positive reinforcement of the importance of reading and literature in the lives of everyone
2: um well, I haven't started yet going to after-school programs. That is something I would like to do. But I've, ha- I've had the opportunity to showcase the, the books I have in my collection at different um, events around the community. Um, I've started doing workshops here, writing workshops at the YMCA and also mm-hmm. in other places in connection with it. I recently started an event series in October where it was about um, healing and how art and, and culture can be part of healing in conjunction with the library. So I, I do program a lot of events and do pop-up at different events in the community.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And my next question is in reference to... The book, once more, that is the focus. And for any callers who are now in the call that you or any chat room guests who are now in the chat room guests, uh, in the chat room, that is, uh, the focus for tonight is our feature artist, Ms. Cerise Francis' book, which is entitled Lucy's Bone Scrolls. The Black Speculative Mystery School. It is a chapter book, and it is fiction poetry. Now, my next question would be as follows. Um, In reference to how how people tend to perceive uh, your book, would you say that for the most part when someone read your book, and you received a review Mm -hmm. after they read the book. Would you say for the most part, all of the reviews that you have received have been pro um, and not con, or would you say it's been 50-50? Do you find that people are more receptive to the genre that you write? Or do you find that people tend to be skeptics or maybe critics about the genre that you write or wrote this particular book in?
2: Um, I've actually had um, all positive responses to the book. I think people are pulled in by my writing Mm -hmm. style. Um, Some people have uh, noticed how I like to play with words and they find that interesting. Mm -hmm. I've been told that my writing makes them think on a a deeper level. So I haven't actually had any bad reviews, which is a good
0: thing. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. Uh Um, And uh, I hope that will continue on. I'm sure that uh, you'll get even... More reviews as more people are reading the books um now, once more, is it for a mature audience only would you rate your book as such
2: uh I wouldn't say it's only for a mature audience um uh many of the poems can be read by younger people um there's only one poem with a curse word in it um but <laughs> in but <laughs> in general, like. Most people can read the book
0: oh, okay now, in reference to gender, do you find more males are reading this book, or more females, or is it a an even kill on both?
2: Um, well, so far, the people who have bought the book are mostly women, um, but when I've read the book in public uh, I've had some men who liked what I wrote too.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, for the majority of the poems in your book, would you see? Would you say that you wrote them, and the tone that you used was more of a pleasant tone, of work, or were, or are the majority of the poems kind of uh, with the voice of one that maybe is scorned, mm. like a woman's scorn. Uh, mm. Could you kind of share that as far as descriptive uh, language and, and tone are concerned? Mm.
2: Uh, I think the tone would be that of someone who's confident and who's trying to um, declare their voice to the world. Um,
1: which is okay. kind of
2: funny cuz i see myself as as a shy person who's kind of who's quiet but when i read the poems my voice comes out a whole lot more so um it's not really one of anger um but more of just i'm i'm here and um i want to be heard kind of tone yeah
0: oh okay
3: yeah
2: so it, it's
0: definitely something that would salute the coming out moment for
3: mm-hmm.
0: a girl, I guess, transitioning into being a woman
3: or mm.
0: a lady that maybe was more of, like you said, like a wallflower, not as outspoken. Spoken now, they're uh, mm-hmm. you know they've discovered themselves and their voice, and they're ready for. Um, the world to know who they are breaking out like a breaking out of um, the shell per se, you know, yeah. no, no more hiding, being that caterpillar, but now you're this glorified butterfly
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the world to see. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I definitely commend you on that. Cause I think that's important because um, especially for Women. I don't want to seem like I'm being uh, pessimistic in my outlook on America or anything like that. But this mm-hmm. nation has been one that has been more of a patriarch mm-hmm. or having more of a patriarchal rule, mm-hmm. um, you know, and governorship. So mm-hmm. to have more of the the feminine energy, mm-hmm. and, and the, the woman uh, voice heard and, and appraised as well as um, appreciated, I think that mm-hmm. that's so important in literature as well, yes. and especially literature that celebrates culture and in the culture of African uh, people and mm-hmm. um, women of the African diaspora. So I commend you on what you Thank have you. achieved in that regard. You are so welcome. We have a caller in the caller queue. Welcome, caller. Hi,
4: Duchess Fran. This is Warriors, Queens, Forest Thelman.
0: All right. This is my co-host. Yes, welcome, welcome. We have our uh, feature artist, Ms. Cherise Francis, in the spotlight. And what I'll do is I'm going to pass the mic to my co-host. She may have some questions for Ms. Cherise. And um, I'm going to just sit back and enjoy <laughs> for <a moment>.
2: Hello. <laughs>
0: hi Mr. Reese. How are you?
2: I'm fine. How are you?,
4: I'm coming along too. Thank you. I was uh, listening to you and Duchess Brand, you know the hostess for the exceptional So show as well as the producer you know talking about your book, mm-hmm. and when you were talking about the um the critics, you know, you've done your job <laughs>
0: Mhm mhm. Now I'm gonna yeah, ask sure. you uh mm-hmm. co host Fourieris, uh Queens of Port Thelman, in reference to I don't know how much you read into the um the feature artist in the spotlight uh bio uh as far as the information that was shared on the mm-hmm. event page and on our fan page, uh the exceptional scribble Show fan page. But um I did wanna ask you Mike, do you have any questions about the genre selection of her book or even the composition of her book? She has achieved something that very few achieve as for um, creating a chapter book of fiction poetry, which is under the genre of... f f. Wait a minute, let me get this right because I don't want to... <laughs> <Misquote>. <laughs> um one second here it's under the genre of Afro surrealism and Afro futurism mm-hmm.
4: uh, yes I was looking at the genre and surrealism I was real, uh, familiar with but the mm-hmm. futurism you know I am not so I've heard of the term but I just didn't really understand it <laughs>
2: Okay. Uh yeah so uh afrofuturism is is what i call a new term for something that has been around for years um it's basically uh, explores uh speculative fiction which is um science fiction fantasy mm-hmm. uh, magic realism uh, mythology uh, mm-hmm. mysticism through the lens of the African diaspora.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's okay. a good viewpoint. And mm-hmm. under, my next question is under, uh, for the Enrichment Forum, tapping in or gaining access to the divinity within you, also known as black gold or God.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Hello? Um. Oh, hello. Um. Hello. Hello? Caller, I believe you're just uh, coming in on the caller queue, so I'm going to ask if you would just um, give us a few more uh, seconds. We have another caller ahead of you, and okay. we'll be right to you next, okay?
3: No problem.
0: All right. Thanks for calling as well.
5: Go ahead. Go
0: Okay, at this time, uh, the future artist is answering a question.
2: Yes, uh, so the Black divinity. um, So, uh, for me, uh, my writing explores the divine feminine. Uh, Growing Mm -hmm. up, I grew up in Pentecostal church. And in church, you were always taught that God was uh, a male. And sometimes it was even implied Mm -hmm. that God was a white male. And so I didn't Uh see the divine as looking like somebody like me. So um, a lot of my writing process is exploring mythologies, is exploring Uh spiritualities and Afro-diasporic religions where um, the divine is pictured to look like someone like me. So, Uh and that has helped me to gain my confidence in myself to really put myself out there into the world because I see the divine in myself. So mm-hmm. I do believe it's important to see that in our work and in our writing, yeah.
3: Mhm.
4: Yes, I you mm-hmm. know understand, I can relate because I write urban fantasy slash mythology myself. Mm-hmm. And what I've done, you know, I have gods and goddesses in my story, and I've made them, you know, diverse. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, they are. When I say diverse, let me put it, you know, even more clearly, is that they are non-whites,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: some are, and some are
2: animals. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Aesop fables. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes.
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, reference. Yeah. <laughs> Now,
0: I'm sorry. Go on. Go on.
4: You know, regarding Aesop's fables, the only story I know from there is the hare and the tortoise. Mm.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's fascinating that, like, if you actually study Aesop, that um, Mm -hmm. his name meant possibly Ethiopian and that he was a Mm -hmm. black storyteller. So Mm -hmm. a lot of his um, storytelling comes from, you know, and african based so mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: yeah yes, yes, there's a lot of um Swahili, i believe uh with mm-hmm. um you know their uh they, the usage of animals uh, mm-hmm. to give wisdom mm-hmm. uh why um counsel in in the tells is is quite um. Prominent, and it does mm-hmm. put you in mind of the Aesop's f- fables, so you can tell where he had the, um, I guess you could say, the grooming into writing the fables and using animals, because a mm-hmm. lot of the proverbs um, that are African proverbs do mm-hmm. have animals as the main uh, characters in them.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we do have a caller on the on the call. In the call queue uh, from California, welcome. Please introduce yourself, and if you have a question, feel free to ask. Or if you just have a comment in response to something that was already mentioned, feel free to share. Welcome.
7: Uh, wonder, are you speaking to to me? Because you said there was someone ahead of me.
0: Oh, no. It would be you. <laughs> you were the one <laughs> waiting <laughs> when you called in someone was ahead of you. And now no one's ahead of you, so you can ask your question or just uh, introduce yourself first. And if you are an artist, please uh, share the discipline and form of art by which you are creator of. We'd like to celebrate you. Thank you. Oh, it looks like we had a disconnect. I'm sure they will call back. <laughs> um, so in the meantime, I will just allow for our um, – we have the co-host of the Accessible Children Show, One. if you have another question or a comment. Hello. And... Oh, wait a minute. Hello? I'm sorry. Hello? Hi, I have a question. Oh, yes. Are you the caller from New York? Because I did see New York in the call queue, and then I didn't see it. Are you calling from New York?
6: Yes, I am. I just happen to be on public transportation, so I've been muted for most of your call, but I've been listening.
0: And oh, sure. There's actually, two,
6: actually there's two call. questions. The first question is, where does Ms. Francis see herself in the future? I mean, some, are, some authors are looking to outsell Stephen King, and then some people don't care, so what is her goal? And then the second <laughs> question is, where can I pick up your book? Because I was in Barnes & Noble, and they looked at me like I was crazy. So, question, then I'm going to mute myself again because it's getting kind of loud on my end. Thank
0: you. Okay. Good questions, by the way.
2: Uh, um, so, in the future, I see myself as um, having published several books. Uh, I recently finished another chapbook as well as a longer poetry manuscript that I've been sending around. I'm currently working on a... Fantasy novel called *The E*, which is inspired right. by, uh, yeah, which is inspired <laughs> by the Underground Railroad as well as oh. free culture in New York City. Um, oh, so, this is a
4: uh, yeah. This is Warriors Queens before. I, I just want to say this now. You're going historical fiction <laughs> or historical <laughs> fantasy. <laughs>
2: Well, I do love history. So I love taking yeah, history right. and, and incorporating it into the now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I do see myself as publishing more as well as expanding my blog into possibly a business, um, doing more workshops around Afrofuturism and writing. Yeah. Um, and her second question was, um, where can you find my book? Uh, you can find okay. it online at Amazon.com or it's going to be at Sisters Uptown Bookstore as well as I just recently went to Barbados and a bookstore Mm -hmm. there wants to sell my book. So if you ever happen to be in Barbados, you can find my book there too. (laughs)
3: Awesome. (laughs) And um, and Miss
4: Sharice, this is uh, Where is Queen Zipporah? Can I sell another bookstore I can recommend? Okay. All right. Black and Noble in Philadelphia. Black in,
2: okay, Black and Noble.
4: Yeah, you can contact, you know, Hakeem the uh owner, yes.
2: Okay, great, thank you. Very good referral. Yeah.
4: <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, he's online.
2: Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. You're welcome.
3: Okay, okay welcome.
2: we
0: have the we have the caller uh from California. He was able to call back. Um caller from California, welcome back.
7: How are you doing? Hello, hello. How are you doing this evening? Hello, Mr. Francis
0: <laughs> Hello.
7: <laughs> um, yeah. Um, my name is Malcolm, by the way, and I do have a California area code, by the way, uh, in the neighborhood, so to speak. I'm in New York. I think Miss um, Francis might be familiar with me. Yes, I think you yes. Might be, I,
0: might, I think you might be I've met, met this distinguished beautiful. gentleman, yes. <laughs> How are you doing this
7: evening? How are you doing this evening? I'm on set of a shoot right now, and I have a few minutes okay. in between well, what I have to do, so I figured i call in. I knew she was going to be on Oh, that TV. is so
0: generous and kind. It's no. awful.
7: <laughs> well, well, I, I want, want to
0: say something to you, Malcolm. I want to thank you for accepting this author and her book become a part of your publishing company family. I think she is an amazing literary artist and I look forward to what will be produced in the future by her. And I'm I'm really pleased with this partnership you have with her. I think it was it was definitely the right thing to do and I'm glad that you saw
5: well, you
7: that you're know, doing it.
5: You know, it was after you know she introduced me to. I think
0: we just had a disconnect. You
1: lost it again, so we'll give
0: Malcolm time to call back. It yeah, he's he's on the west coast, so of course, <laughs> like you said, he's on the set right now. He's shooting a movie, I think. Um, so yes so we do appreciate him even considering to call in and to Mm -hmm. support um, Ms. Sharice Francis, one of the authors that his publishing company has published. And um, is there anything, uh, Ms. Francis, specific about this book that you would like people to know? Because we know that there are some um, listeners out there who have not, read the book as of today this is their first time learning of your book and they are Mm -hmm. much intrigued by what they've heard so far so what else can you say to them to kind of just convince them that this book is one of many it's a chapter book Mm -hmm. and um even someone that possibly they are going to have a book fair or Mm -hmm. a book conference and they're looking for authors um if you can share your context as well so that they can connect and correspond with you beyond uh tonight's interview and thank you
2: yes, thank you um I feel like this book uh has a lot of universal themes in it uh it explores mm-hmm. uh love it explores uh uh having courage in the face of fear. It explores um, transformation and forgiving yourself when you feel like you're a failure. It it explores history. It explores so many things as well as um, exploring language and the words we use every day Mm -hmm. and playing with language. So there's a lot I feel that can be taken from the book that I feel like everybody who reads it can take a piece from it that they can enjoy from it and also the book is only about 40 pages so it's not that long and so it's it's a quick read if you just want to sit down and quickly read something so I feel like there's a lot packed into a small package
0: yeah Mm -hmm. oh my that's Sounds alluring. (laughs) I know (laughs) for me hearing the way she – yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, my. What do you have to say, Warriors, Queens, of Port Thelman? Because this is definitely the genre that you um, are passionate about writing. So what would you like to say in response to what you just heard?
4: All right. Well, she said definitely, you know, everything in the – wait, could you repeat about the the small package?
2: That there's a there's a lot packed into a small package,
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> So that's what you
4: did. You took the important things, and you just, uh, you know, what uh, what you wanted to say. You just uh, put that whole lot into that small package, for, you know for it to hold.
0: <laughs> mhm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we we definitely thank you, uh, Ms. Cerise. Francis, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to have you on this show's platform and to interview you for a full hour. And we appreciate we appreciate everything that you shared with us. And we definitely want to give you enough time at this time to fill in all of the listeners uh, with information on. Uh, what your contacts are, Um, how can they correspond with you, do you have an email, Um, what are the uh, social media uh, outlets, venues, and pages that they can uh, connect with you on. And um, I I do understand you're a blogger. If you can share a little more Mm -hmm. information about your blog with everyone as well. And Mm. just feel free to promote all of what you do, all of who you are at this time, and um, Mm -hmm. your services for those who would like to book you, to have you to come to a venue and to do a book signing and et cetera. Um, At this Mm -hmm. time, the mic is in your hand, and we are in support of you as well.
2: Great. Uh, My email is my first and last name, Cherise Francis and then the number one at gmail.com. You can also contact me at my blog's email, which is futureancientblog at gmail.com. My website is futuristicallyancient.com. Uh, for J Expressions, uh, the newsletter is tinyletter.com slash jexpressions. You can sign up for the newsletter there to get updates about J Expressions and when I'll be next, where the mobile library will be next um for Twitter you can follow me at a future ancient uh, also at a um at j express books and I'm also on Instagram um at a future ancient and j expressions bookshop yeah okay
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'm going to ask, I believe there's a caller on the line from New York, if she has any questions or any comments or remarks at this time to direct to the feature artist in the spotlight, Ms. Cherise Francis at this time, feel free. This is your opportunity to do so. And um, if not, we're going to move on to our uh, having the co-host. Of the exceptional Civil show to give any comments or remarks she might have.
6: Uh this is New York and like I said, that's kind of loud on this end, so I will happily turn it over to your co host.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well thank you for calling in. All right. Well at this time, uh Warriorist Queen de Thelma, did you have any comments or remarks for Ms. Cerise Francis?
4: Well I just want to comment, Ms. Cherise Francis, um, welcome to the authorship.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Mm You're welcome.
0: Now, now this is uh, Sage, the poet, and my comment to you, Cherise Francis, is this. How many uh, cities have you had? book signing tours in yeah. so far?
2: Yeah. Well, just in New York City, but I'm looking forward to traveling to other places, especially with Malcolm on board. He's definitely trying to push me out there. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> That's <great>. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm glad to hear that, too, because
0: um, one thing I can say is um, the type of genre that you are, writing books in at this time is the genre that appeals Mm -hmm. to a large audience. So I know that you will do very well in doing Mm -hmm. um, or launching uh, more book signing tours in different cities, and especially on the East Coast, but you definitely have to go on the West side, on the West Mm -hmm. Coast too. But um, I definitely want to encourage you to do more. Of them, mm-hmm. and I will be in touch with you because I do have some connections with people here in the city of Philadelphia, um, and we mm-hmm. definitely must get you here. Um, and especially if we can get you at our Vine Vine Street Main Branch Free Library to mm-hmm. do a book signing, that would be awesome. Um, and I believe that would be mm-hmm. ideal to have you there. But they also have, I believe it is um, sci-fi. Would your mm. some of your poetry mm. come under that or no? Um, under that, genre?
2: yeah, it, it's connected to that. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, because I'm thinking Afro-futurism.
2: Hmm.
0: Might okay. So I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm as I acquire the information, I'm just going to email you, forward it to your email so you can review it. And we're definitely going to have you yeah, coming and doing more events. And Philadelphia is definitely a city that will welcome you with open arms.
2: Yes, Sounds great. Indeed. I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> yes, you got friends here in Philly who are literary <laughs> artists and literary art enthusiasts. <laughs> so we're looking forward to having you coming. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks again. This was wonderful. We truly enjoyed having you. And we look forward to um, a return. And by the next time you come, you will have done some more touring. (laughs) We're certain about that. We're going to do our part and Mm -hmm. uh, do some referrals. And also on our Exceptional School Show fan page on Facebook, we will be promoting your books as well and getting more people uh, interested in buying them.
2: Great. Thank you so much.
0: You're very welcome. And please, do you have any upcoming events? If so, please um, announce them at this time, and we want everyone to make a note of them as well.
2: Um, Do I have any upcoming events? Uh, I have a few upcoming events in February and March. I will be Mm – I'm not sure where the place is, but I'll be in Harlem Um, selling my books with uh, Malcolm, Uh, I can share that on your page if you would like Mm -hmm. when I find out the information. Um, I will also be doing a writing workshop in Cambria Heights in Jamaica, Queens, uh, the Cambria Heights Library. Um, And I will also uh, be... Uh, doing a panel discussion at Queen's Library in March on March 10th so
0: yeah. wonderful, excellent well we're
2: excited for you
0: we're excited for you. We know that you have uh, great things in store. continue to move in the direction that you are going because you are definitely on course and best of success to you in regards to your writing as well. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. You are very welcome. You're we welcome. look forward to having you back. And we'll talk, you know, we'll be in touch off the air and schedule again. We like to give our guests a second uh, time around. That's what we call it when we have them to come back as a return guest, special uh, guest and feature artist in the spotlight. And each time we have them come back, they have done so much more since the last time it's like wow <laughs> they just wow us every time so we know that you're going to do the same we're excited and we just want to continue on um in this uh journey that you're taking and beholding your evolution because we know that you're yet still evolving as a writer and there's more to come and we just want to say to you you know don't let anyone shelter you in or box you in to just one specific uh, style as a writer, or even um, one uh, specific genre, you can do and be whatever you're willing to grow to uh, become. So spread your wings. Uh, don't limit your successes, and continue to thrive to do better, and you will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for the exclusive interview hour on Tuesday, January the 9th, 2018. You were you were privileged tonight. We had an awesome feature artist in the spotlight, Ms. Cherise Francis. Again, she is <clears throat> she is a writer, she is a poet. She is a blogger. She is a published author. And she is on the move and making great strides. And her book, which is entitled Lucy's Bone Scrolls, The Black Speculative Mystery School, it is a chapter book and now available for you to purchase, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you dare neglect yourself the privilege of adding. Another, another ideal classic to your in-home library. Because this book is just that. It is an ideal classic. Yes, and good literature at that. And good literature is becoming a rare find today. So we don't want you to miss out on the opportunity. Now is the time. Get the book while it's available. You can purchase it now. It is available online via Amazon.com. Lucy's Bone Scrolls, The Black Speculative Mystery School. Yes, yes. Well, at this time, we are now transitioning to what we call the free, you heard me, Free, F-R-E-E, Publishing Tips Hour, and our lead facilitator is the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, Warrior's Queen Zipporah Thelman. Welcome, Warrior's Queen Zipporah Thelman. Thank
4: you, Duchess Fran, and good evening, everyone. I am Warrior's Queen Zipporah Thelman co-hostess for the Exceptional Scribble Show. Now for tonight's episode which is 198 I have the following three pieces of writing advice and discoveries but before I introduce them or rather tell them I want to say a quote from Tony Morrison which is the following if there is a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, you must be the one to write it. (laughs) I
0: love it. I love that
4: quote. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I find it's very important, so it keeps you on focus on what you want to write and not just to write a book for it to sell. That's right. Mm. All right, now I'm going to read my writing advice and discoveries. Number one, writing releases energy from the writer. Number two, writing tells writers when to work and take breaks. And number three, when trances happen during non writing time, they are clearing the brains. And I'm going to take questions and comments, you know, for what I just read.
0: Okay. Well, are there any questions? Anyone on the call? Does anyone on the call have any questions pertaining to the information that was just shared? Okay. Well, then, Warrior Risk Queen of Thelman, carry on. All righty now the next section is the
4: publishing info and i'm going to read from wikipedia about the business publishing is the dissemination of literature music or information the activity of making information available to the general public in some cases authors may be their own publishers meaning originators and developers of content also provide media to deliver and display the content for the same. Also, the word publisher can refer to the individual who leads a publishing company or an imprint or to a person who owns heads a magazine. Traditionally, the term refers to the distribution of printed works such as books, the quote book trade, end quote, and newspapers. With the advent of digital information systems and the internet, the scope of publishing has expanded to include electronic resources such as the electronic versions of books and periodicals, as well as micro-publishing, websites, blogs, video game publishers, and the like. Publishing includes the following stages of development, acquisition, copy editing, production, printing, Mm. and its electronic equivalents, and marketing and distribution
3: mm-hmm.
4: publication <clears throat> publication is also important as a legal concept. Number one, as the process of giving formal notice to the world of a significant intention, for example, to marry or enter bankruptcy, Number two, as the essential precondition of being able to claim defamation. That is, the alleged libel must have been published. And three, for copyright purposes where there is a difference in the protection of published and unpublished works. There are two categories of book publisher. Number one, non-paid publishers. A non-paid publisher is a publication house that does not charge authors at all to publish their books. And two, paid publishers. The author has to meet with the total expense to get the book published, and the author has full right to set up marketing policies. This is also known as vanity publishing. Now, I'm going to stop here Mm -hmm. for an introduction, and the rest of the article
5: is for the audience to read. Any questions or comments?
0: You said a lot. I don't know. Mm -hmm about anyone else, but in reference to this thing, several uh, things that publishing consists of. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was copy editor or editing. Um, There are some people that do copy editing uh, Mm -hmm. from a professional writer standpoint, not um, in particularly the creative writing side. So if you can kind of further expound on the copy editing of publishing, uh, I guess, fiction, uh, what that would entail, that would be much appreciated.
4: All right. Sure, Duchess Fran. So here's the definition for copy editing, which is uh, two words, but it's also used as uh, one word. Copy editing, spelled... C-O-P-Y, second word, E-D-I-T-I-N-G, parentheses also copy-editing, you know, copy-editing or copy-editing, which is one word, sometimes abbreviated C-E, lowercase C, lowercase E, is the process of reviewing and correcting written material to improve accuracy, readability, and fitness for its purpose, and to ensure that it is free of error, omission, and consistency and repetition. In the context of publication and print, copy editing is done before typesetting and again before proofreading, the final step in the editorial cycle. In the United States and Canada, an editor who does this work is called a copy editor. An organization's highest ranking copy editor or the supervising editor of a group of copy editors may be known as the copy chief, copy desk chief, or news editor. And book publishing in the United Kingdom and other parts of the world that follow British nomenclature or nomenclature is a system of names or terms or the rules for forming these terms in a particular field of arts or sciences. The term Copy editor is used, but in newspaper and magazine publishing, the term is sub-editor, one word, or sub-editor, commonly shortened to sub. The senior sub-editor of a publication is frequently called the chief sub-editor. As the prefix sub-suggests, copy editors typically have less authority than regular editors. In the context of the Internet, online copy refers to the text content of web pages. Similar to print, online copy editing is the process of revising the raw or draft text of web pages and reworking it to make it ready for publication. Copy editing has three levels, light, medium, and heavy. Dependent on the budget and scheduling of the publication, the publisher will let the copy editor know what level of editing to employ. The type of editing one chooses, light, medium, or heavy, will help the copy editor prioritize their efforts. All right? And the rest of it is for the audience to read.
0: hmm
7: hmm
0: At this time, I just want to acknowledge all the guests who have joined tonight's platform. And I am, of course, Sage the Poet, host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, and you are now tuned in to the Exceptional Scribble Show's free publishing tips hour. If you have any questions, any, I mean any, questions about publishing, your questions can extend from having them pertaining to what is the difference between the traditional publishing route and the self-publishing route, and what are the benefits per each. Any type of questions that you may have, feel free to ask them. Why? Because we have an expert on the panel tonight, the lead facilitator, who is the co-host of the Accessional Scribble Show. Mm-hmm. I am speaking of her, and I am also promoting her at this time, Warrior's Queen Zipporah Thelman, because she has proven to be well-versed in publishing information and knowledge. So if you have any questions, Feel free to type them. If you are in the chat room, you can type in those questions. You will obtain the answers that you need. Um, It is really important, ladies and gentlemen, that we know the things that are essential to becoming successful as a published author and writer. And if you know the things that you should know prior to Choosing which entity you want to publish your work, you will not lose. You will not lose money. You will not lose sleep to a certain extent. You will gain, gain, and win. And that's what we want for you. So at this time, where is Queen Port Thelman, who is the lead facilitator of this hour? She is available, accessible to answer any questions you may have. And for those who would like to call in, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. And the show's ID number is 133193 and then the pound key. If you are not a member of shoe, you would enter as a guest. So if you enter as a guest, that means you don't have a PIN number, so you would press one and then the pound key when you are asked for a pen number, that is. All right. Well, Warrior Racing the fourth element, the mic is now returned into your hands.
4: All righty. Thank you, Duchess France.
0: You now, are the welcome. Next
4: sec- mm-hmm. All right. The next section is going to is titled Anti-Trump, Art Warriors Resistance. And the first section is books. And I'm going to be reading from The Compact Bedford Introduction to Drama, fifth edition by Lee A. Jacobus. And I'm going to page
3: 544.
4: And the chapter is called drama in the early and
5: mid-20th century. All right, so I'm going to start at, let's see, page 5, start the word. All right, the heritage of realism. In the late
4: 19th century, realism was often perceived as too severe for an audience that had loved melodrama. Realistic plays forced comfortable audiences to observe psychological and physical problems that their status as members of the middle class usually allowed them to avoid. Audiences often protested loudly at this painful experience.
5: All right. Any questions or comments for that sentence?
0: I don't have any. You can carry on. And right. thanks for asking. You're welcome.
4: All right. And also on the same page of, of five forty-four. Anything that disturbed the illusion of
5: realism, was thought to be a flaw. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Repeat that, please. Thank you. Sure.
4: Anything that disturbed the illusion of realism was thought
5: to be a flaw.
3: Hmm. That's
0: interesting. Anything Mm -hmm. that disturbed the illusion of realism
5: was thought to be a flaw. Mm. Keep, keep reading All righty, moving Thanks. on welcome um, reality's
4: definition the world or the state of things as they actually exist as opposed to an idealistic or notional which means existing only in a theory or as a suggestion or idea
5: the end of the definition idea of them Hmm. Read that one more
0: time for us, and thank for it, please. You're welcome.
5: Support. Sure,
4: and you're welcome, Duchess Fran. Reality's definition: the world or the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or notional. The word "notional" meaning existing only in the theory or as a suggestion or idea. That's the end of the definition for "notional." idea of them. Mm
0: -hmm. And you can continue on.
4: All right. The message and realism plays is
5: reality governs planet Earth. Mm -hmm. All right. Next book, Alice in Wonderland.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: Message, removing the illusion.
3: I agree with that.
5: Mm -hmm. All right, next section, music. Number one, most epic
4: music ever, The Wolf and the Moon by Brunaville. And number two, Brand New Me by Alicia Keys. Message, bravery. All right. Next category, film. Bright with Will Smith. Message, a noun
5: that can destroy or unite. Mm-hmm. All right. The next section is a show, which is 911, and I'm going to read it, you know, from the on our phone online. All right. Here's the summary. 911 is an American procedural drama. TV
4: television series created by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, which follows the lives of Los Angeles first responders, cops, paramedics, firefighters, and dispatchers. The series premiered on January 3rd, 2018 on the Fox Network during the 2017-18 television season. Produced by 20th Century Fox Television, the series will see Tim Minier, Minier and Bradley Buker as executive producers with Minier, also being a showrunner, and Buker directing the premiere episode. And it stars Angela Bassett, Peter Krause, Oliver Stark, Aisha Hines, Kenneth Choi, Rockman Dunbar,
5: and Connie Britton. All right, so... That's the end of the anti-Trump
4: art warriors resistance. And I have a suggested reading for tonight.
5: Okay. Which is
4: the fun, yes. Yep, here's your weekly weekly homework. (laughs) Mm
5: -hmm. Yes. So this is from Amazon.
4: The book is titled, On the Cover Our Mask, a Freud Reader, edited with commentary by Bruce P. Lappinson. <clears throat> Excuse me. And here is the description. The publisher is Temple University Press.
5: And let me just get to the description. I'll come on. All right. I'm just going to read some of the introduction.
0: Okay.
4: Sigmund Freud, 1856 to 1939, <clears throat> excuse me, was an Austrian physician who developed the theory and practice of psychoanalysis. Freudian terms and references are quite common in the daily lexicon and mass media, and many Americans recognize the name Freud, named, quote, Freud, end quote. According to Jared Diamond, a professor of physiology at UCLA, quote, Ford's status is unique because he recognized an entirely different mental realm, and many of his concepts, pioneering and radical in their time, are so familiar today that they have entered the daily vocabulary, end quote. In one sense, the mass recognition of anyone is a dreadful thing, a name becomes associated with a few highly simplified notions, and the bulk of the thinker's work is disregarded or unknown. Freud is among those whose work has been tragically simplified. This reader intends to expand the common and narrow understanding of Freud and his work. Why study Freud? At the least, Freud's bedrock belief that humans are essentially animals who are coerced by institutions. Family, religion, law, community norms, and to redirect in their aggressive and pleasure-seeking nature towards socially acceptable civil activities, asks for our attention since it is so unflattering. While we have studied the Enlightenment and have heard the strong case for humans as reasoning, social and cooperative beings, the Freudian view startles us and muddies the whole picture. The complexity the complexity, excuse me, of Freudian theory emerges through its claims that there is a reason for the most apparently irrational of human actions. Freud knew that we are capable of being civil, humane, and creative in a positive way, but he also loudly proclaimed that the Enlightenment view of humans is a, quote, one-sided ethical valuation, end quote. Freudian theory may help us with the following enduring questions. As our scientific endeavors solve more puzzles about our bodies and the physical universe, why does our social life not infrequently remain riddled with aggression, prejudice, and oppression? Why have highly, quote, civilized, end quote, cultures and religious institutions committed some of the greatest incivilities? Why do some individuals continue self-destructive behavior while fully aware of the potential consequences? Why do hate groups remain attractive to some people? Answering these difficult questions involves delving into the psyche of individuals and of humans as a species. That's all I'm going
0: to read. Mm. That's Mm. right. I think... um it's imperative for readers to know <clears throat> everything and anything about what it means to be human. We're now in a an era. We now live in a a decade and in a century where humanity is not literally appraised for what it's worth. We are finding that there's more credence and more esteem granted to machines and Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence than there is to humanity. So it's necessary for authors to keep that in mind. And when you're writing, you want to make what's human, um, make it bold. In its depiction, you want to make it, um, make it something that's esteemed or revered by the manner in which you write about it. Make humanity beautiful again in literature, because there's been so much desensitizing. There's been so much. Being so many, uh, so much said in literature today, which is deterring one from thinking of being human as being the best thing there is for humans to be. I mean, why should we want to be replaced by machines? Why should we want to be robots? Why should we want to become digital or digitized? Um, We need to really look at what's happening in society. And as writers, it is our duty to make certain that we're saying in the things that we're writing that it is cool, it is beautiful, it is wonderful. It is a blessing to be humane and to be a human and that humanity is, glorious it is although we've seen so many things and they have been graphics you know it's been graphic so many things that are detestable about being a human that's not being a human if it's detestable that's not being a human that's being sub or base human and we need to make that clear in our writing so that people can once more have that pride, have that appreciation for being a human and about what it is that they are. And that humanity and being human is a glorious thing. It is not something to look down at. And it's not detestable. It's beautiful. And that's what I think that saying. And I'm I'm just noticing. I mean, you have all of these hybrids today. I'm um, you know RoboCop was one, right? There's this <laughs> yes. new movie coming. You know, there's this new movie coming out now. And I don't know what this thing is, but it's not a human. <laughs> and I'm trying. I know Will Smith stars in this movie. He's one of is the lead- called- leading actors. Is it called Beethoven? Bright? Bright? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I just read that you know, under the anti-Trump warriors'
0: resistance. Right, and I'm trying to figure this thing out. I'm like, okay, we have RoboCop, now what is this? Uh, Now he's throwing (laughs) something else in my face and saying I'm supposed to embrace this, and this is supposed to be the future, and I'm supposed to accept it as though it's Okay.
4: You know, I, <laughs>
0: I look at it as this way.
4: It's a it's a connection. It's a re, um, it has in there is borrowed from alienation. Thank you. you know, yes, borrowed from alienation with the newcomers. You know, they're the latest foreigners to join planet Earth, humans. So you yeah. have you know what bright you have the you know the um was it the fantasy creatures the orcs the uh, fairies.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm, the elves. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, mind you, I came up during the time when the Smurfs was popular, you know, these blue creatures that lived underground that not everybody <laughs> knew existed. So I'm like, okay, you're going from one extreme
4: <laughs> to the well, next. All I can, all can say is that weird stuff sells. <laughs>
0: yes, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. And and it's almost like you have to fight. You've got to mm-hmm. go to the extreme mm-hmm. to make it uh, known that, yes, we need to mm-hmm. esteem humans more and, and, and let this next generation feel that, yes, it's okay. Being human
1: mm-hmm.
0: is wonderful. It is good. And it's not a bad thing, you know? hmm Yeah. It's just quite interesting the messaging.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you yeah. we were talking about that yep. before about mm-hmm. subliminal messaging.
5: Yeah, beware with the hypnosis with the goldfish.
0: Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the truth. Yes, indeed. And thank you. I really appreciate the, the article selection again. And the suggested reading again, if you can share that once more with our listeners.
4: Yeah. Sure. The suggested reading for episode 198, which is Tuesday, January the 9th, 2018, is titled Uncovering Our Mask,
5: a Fort Reader, Edited, with commentary by Bruce P.
0: Lappinson. Okay, I'm going to make sure I have this correct. Mm-hmm. And that's uncovering our mask.
5: Yeah,
0: by, mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All mask
5: Yes. Right. And that's by, is it Floyd? the uh, Yeah, it's a Freud reader, F R E U D. Okay. And it's
4: edited with commentary by Bruce P. Lappinson, last name spelled
5: L A P E N S O N. And that's Bruce Reed. Bruce P. Like Peter. Yeah. All right, Bruce.
4: P, like Peter, and the last name is spelled, yes.
0: And the last name is? Lappinson,
4: spelled
0: L-A-P, like Peter,
4: Mm. E-N-S-O-N.
0: Wait a minute, let me get that again. Spell the last name one more time for me. Sure, it's L-A-P,
4: like Peter, E-N-S-O-N.
0: Okay, Lathamson, got it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I like that title. Uncovering Our Mask. That's right. Because I think ultimately that's the original sin. For the most Mm -hmm. part, when we go in public, everyone's wearing a mask, even Mm -hmm. when we don't think so.
5: All right, well, that does it for me. For ex- uh, the exceptional super crow host of Warriors
4: Queens of Thelman.
3: Okay,
0: well, Warriors mm-hmm. Queens of Port Thelman, you've given us our homework mm-hmm. for episode 198. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, this is what you are being asked to read. And that suggested reading is entitled Uncovering Our Masks by Freud Reader, edited with commentary by Bruce P. Lappinson. And this was an assignment given by the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, and her name is Warriors Queen Sopora Thelman. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, Miss Queen. And I'm going to ask, do you have any other, um, anything maybe that you want to share? I know you read some really good articles. Is there something you would like for us maybe to open a discussion about? Is, is there something maybe in one of those articles that struck a chord of interest with you that you would like to hear some other opinion? Um, in reference to it. if so we still have a little time left. It's only 9.44, so um, we can extend the open forum discussion for that.
4: All right, so I do want to discuss about, you know, well, I can discuss about the publishing um, article that I read. hmm And one of the things I want to, you know,
5: talk about is let me let me get to the uh, article back. Let me return to the article. All right, the two categories of book publisher is non-paid
4: publishers and the paid publishers. Now, the non-paid. Well, let me correction. Let me start with the paid publishers. Now, paid publishers. Regarding self-publishing, as I had discussed about last week, when you know the caller had asked me. Of my viewpoint on it. And one of the things about as I had said about with self publishing, everything comes out of the author's pocket. And there's also a limitation in which you know you have to the author sells the books on their own. You know, and in order to, you know, get a lot of copies sold, this is where the non paid publisher comes in, which is the traditional publisher. Now with self publishing, even though it has changed now, you know, from the articles that I've read that there are authors who have been successful and selling, you know, the copies on their own and being able to be picked up by a, a traditional publisher. But that's a lot of work, you know, as well as more time and money spent in doing so. So it's a risk that you're taking. Now, you're also taking a risk with being a traditional public, having a traditional publisher. But you do, you know, have security, there's security in the traditional publishing. No, not, excuse me. Let me get the security part together. So that In the security part, you do with the paid publishing is that with self-publishing, you're with the, you can leave whenever you want to. Now, with traditional publishing, I, let me see, I would have to look and see, you know, look through my research again about what happens, you know, with a traditional publisher because what I was told, now, I want to be giving out misinformation, but if you, I'm going to put it that if you didn't sell, you know, like the amount of copies or et cetera, then you had to give the advance money back. Now, an advance check is the money that traditional publishers give an author, you know, for their books. And I'd say that it's best that you sell up over, you know, the advance check amounts before you start, and that's when you start making, you know, the royalties. And with traditional public, with, excuse me, not traditional, but with self-publishing, you don't have an advance. You just make the money, you know, as it comes.
3: Oh, okay.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, and there are also unsolicited
4: manuscript publishers, meaning Unsolicited, meaning unagented publisher, unagented publishers that don't give advances. And one thing about advances that they are a guarantee that you will, you know, do, you know, write your work. And with a publisher that doesn't give advances, then you make the money, you know, as it comes, you know, as you get your work sold. Hmm. So in a way, an advance check is a, um, a guarantee that you will be working, you know, for your money, and for your money. a
3: mm-hmm. yes,
4: and also and with a publisher that doesn't give, you know, an advance check, then, you know, basically you're your own boss. You're your mm-hmm. own boss in both self-publishing and traditional publishing, but also regarding deadlines, is that there are traditional publishers that I had read, you know, in an episode about. How you know that has changed about you know with the deadlines and how publishers have worked backwards from the deadline date in traditional publishers, rather
0: mhm, that's very good resource mm-hmm. information for the listeners because I'm certain not everybody knew that um, mm-hmm. now, in reference to the advanced check, they are trusting. That you're going to have a certain number of books sold. Is that correct? In a
4: way, they're giving you
0: the money in advance.
4: Yeah. Let me look that up now.
0: Yeah, because that's what it seems like Mm -hmm. to me like there's some sort of, there's some sort of, um, it's almost like quality assurance, like you're guaranteeing that I'm going to not fail as a writer. I'm going to make certain X amount of books get sold. So you can give me this money because you're making a wise investment. So they don't lose. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And you only win if you sell a certain number of books because you're going to have to pay it back kind of like if you don't sell, a certain number of books, and they've given you 30000 by way of an advance check. And $30,000... i am just mm-hmm. wondering. To me, that's what... Right. It, it seems yeah. like to me, it's almost like, mm-hmm. you know... Um, it's not a blank check, by no means. Right. You have now, to earn yeah. it. Hmm. And it's like, you're going to have to sell a certain number of books, though. And you can't get any more money until that number of books gets sold. So if you make more money, your book gets more money, all of that money is actually going to go towards paying them back until yeah. you reach the, the amount that they paid you in advance. And then anything that comes after that is yours. They don't get it. They only get that advance check amount. That's what they're guaranteed by paying you an advance check. I don't know. That's what I thought. That's mm-hmm. what I understood it as meaning.
4: All right. Now, here's the, uh, the information. And this is from writersdigest.com. The okay. article is titled, How Book Advances Work, A Simple Explanation for Writers. And this is dated March the 10th, 2014. And I did read it on an episode, so here it is again. What mm-hmm. What is an advance... You're welcome. What is an advance? (coughs) Excuse me. How much is an average advance and how does it work? Phyllis C. When a publisher is interested in acquiring a book manuscript, it usually offers the writer an advance against royalties or advance for short. These payments come in all shapes and sizes, from $500 to millions of dollars, but the basic structure of an advance is the same industry wide. An advance is a sign and bonus that's negotiated and paid to the author before the book is published. It's paid against future royalty earnings, which means that for every dollar you receive in an advance, you must earn a dollar from book sales before you start receiving any additional royalty payments. So, for example, if I were to receive a $10,000 advance with a royalty rate that works out to $1 per book sold, Royalties are measured in percentages, but for the sake of this explanation, let's keep it simple. You would have to sell 10,000 books to pay off your advance. If your royalty rate worked out to $5 a book, you'd have to sell 2,000 copies and so forth. After the publisher recoups your advance, it will begin to pay you royalties on subsequent sales based on the percentages outlined in the contract. Advances are guaranteed as long as you deliver what's expected of you according to your contract. So even if your book doesn't sell enough to earn back the advance, you don't have to return the balance to the publisher. Also, advance payments are generally paid in anywhere from two to four equal installments, often at significant milestones in the publishing process. When you sign the contract, when your complete manuscript is approved by the editor when the book is published. If you have an agent, the checks are sent to her first, and she takes her fee, typically 15%, and then issues the final check to you. If you don't have an agent, the checks are sent directly to you. The end of this article.
3: Hmm.
0: Now, I didn't really hear anything regarding what I was suggesting that I thought was what would occur as for paying back the amount in book sales. Was that listed at all in in what was written?
4: No, I covered it. Um, I'll reread it. Advances are guaranteed as long as you deliver what's expected of you according to your contract.
3: So even if okay. your book
4: doesn't sell enough to earn back, the advance, you don't have to return the balance to the publisher.
0: Even if your book sales don't earn mm-hmm. the amount yeah. of the advance check, you don't have to return the amount to the publisher. Wow.
4: Yeah, the balance, yes.
3: <clears throat>
0: the balance. See, that's what, mm. that's the part I'm, I, and again, like it said, it's all contractual,
3: Hmm
0: so you gotta that's why you gotta read between the lines and read what's in the contract right because it could very well be certain publishers that are traditional publishing houses or publishers may want that money or or more than half that or half that, so you wanna make sure you read the contract and know or ask it up front as well as read the contract. Because what you don't know will hurt you. (laughs) You Sometimes it's like the question you didn't ask may turn out the question you should have asked first. Mm -hmm. So never think a question is a stupid question to ask Mm
3: -hmm.
0: regarding publishing. When you're about to make a final decision and sign a contract to have a publisher or publishing house publish your book, you want to make Mm -hmm. certain you ask all questions right up front and know right up front, what do I owe you? If I take this check, this advanced check, what are you expecting in return from me? Mm-hmm. Ask that question firsthand. And if you don't get a full answer, they say, well, we'll talk about that later. No, no, no. We're going to talk about it now mm-hmm. <laughs> before I sign it. Don't fall for that because a lot of people in business do or in business contracts, they let that go when the other party said, we'll talk about that, we'll come to that later. No, we'll come to it now. <laughs> uh, that's Don't fan. Can you go repeat? for that, we'll yeah. come to that later.
4: Yeah, can you repeat that question you said to ask on advance? advanced check? Yes.
0: Um, um, if I accept this advanced check from you, what is it that you are requiring of me? Make sure that you ask that firsthand and make sure that they tell you exactly what you're asking. Don't settle for a half don't settle for no reply that's not the answer. Because if it's not your if it's not the answer, then they're not telling you everything. And later right. down the line you're going to wish that you made them give you the answer up front because it's going to come back to bite you where mm-hmm. it hurts the most. So ask the questions right up front and make sure they give you the answers. Don't settle for them saying to you, oh, well, we'll come to that later or later down the road we'll discuss that. No, we'll discuss that now before I sign this contract and go into a business agreement with you, I want to know. And you have to be stern, and you have Mm -hmm. to demand that respect. Because if you don't, you will be taken advantage of in the industry of publishing or having a book published. You will have a bad experience. There are many authors that were taken advantage of because they were naive and just didn't know. And they just didn't know what questions to ask. They weren't well-versed. So you want to make sure before you make that step and you've made that contract agreement and you signed your name on that contract that you're sure about what you are agreeing to. That means ask questions. Ask all the questions you can. And know that there is no stupid question. No. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Because it's right. like that old thing goes, there's nothing free. There's nothing good
5: that comes without a price. And you have to be willing to pay the price.
0: And the bad part about it is people aren't even aware that there is a price because they're not asking, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: well, what is this going to cost me? Or what will I owe you in return if I take this check? And that's what you can ask. What will I owe you in return if I take this advanced check? What will I owe you? In return, if I accept this advance payment, and that's a good question to ask. And if when you ask that question, you don't get a straight answer, I don't know that I want to accept it. Then and you can let them know because I need to know specifics. I need to know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you say, "Well, why is it important that you know right now? Let's wait until you sold X amount of books." No, no, no. I like to know things up front. That's the way I deal. I deal honestly in business, and you should do the same with me. And, see, you have to demand the respect. Mm. Unfortunately, we're not guaranteed respect. That's something you have to demand in the world from others. And we just have to know to ask these questions because if we don't, we will have regret mm-hmm. And it's, right, okay. it's okay you know mm-hmm. it's okay to not know the mm-hmm. it's not the not knowing it's the not asking that ruins mm-hmm. you. Because when you don't ask, then you're in ignorance, and it's by your choosing because you didn't ask, and you could have. So ask the questions. Ask the right questions, and make sure that you know the answers fully before signing contracts and going into business agreements with publishers and publishing houses, either or. And also another question to ask is how much is the percent that you will be making from every book sold in comparison to the percent that I earn?
5: Your percent
0: should be 70 or 80. Mm -hmm. And if you can get 90, hallelujah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But your percent should not be 50 or 60. I don't agree today. 70, 80, or 90, if not 100. <laughs> but we know in reality 90 is pretty much as much as you're, you're going to get.
5: All right. Could you repeat that, Dr. Swan? 70, 80, or 90% yes. for the, you know, what, for,
4: right. the, uh, for the percent,
0: Yes. Royalties. For the royalties. Yes. Right. Of each book, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And don't settle for 60. Don't settle for 50. I wouldn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm only saying what I know I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Because you deserve more. Mm-hmm. 70, 80, or 90%, yes. Mm-hmm. And if you accept 70%, if you accept 70%, that means that that publisher or publishing house is marketing, they're doing the marketing for you. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: If you accept 70%, then that can be your clause as far as the contract. If you let them know, I'm willing to accept 70% and you have 30 on these terms. You have to help me market and promote my book, meaning you are the marketing expert, not me. So not only are you helping me promote the book as for sales, but you're helping me to market it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So then they become the marketing expert, and it's not all on you. Yes. That's 70 fact, that's publishers. Yeah, and that's
4: what publishers are to do, is that publishers mm-hmm. do, you know, the
0: marketing, et cetera, you know, for
4: the uh, authors.
0: And it's not guaranteed anymore, though. That's why you mm-hmm. have to say, these are my terms for agreement, for entering this agreement. Of a contract, these are my terms,
5: and don't budge,
0: don't budge, and they say, Well, what we can do is sixty percent and we get forty percent, but you have to pay us the market. No, thank you. it's all inclusive. We make the money as the books sell. You get mm-hmm. your percent, I get mine. I'm not paying yeah. you in advance. you're paying me one. That's how it's supposed to work. And it's a shame that you have to assert yourself Mm. just to be treated fairly. It should be a given, right? It's not that way anymore. I would feel bad for someone that didn't know anything that was just going into a contract because what <clears throat> bless you, I set a deadline, I want this book out by such and such a date, mm-hmm. and this is the publisher that's willing to publish my book, okay, but what are the what what are the conditions and terms of the contract? Have you even had discussion about what your terms are? Are you just signing a mm-hmm. contract because you just want your book published mm-hmm. and not considering, okay, how much in, of a percentage of royalties am I getting in comparison to what they're getting for each book? sold? that's important. Yes. And uh, also, this lawyer's queen is a
4: poor and I want to add. Here's an article, an interview yes. with Diana Finch. Uh, Ellen Lavine Literary Agency and Trident Media Group. But Diana Finch now has her own literary agency. And what she had did was that this is an article about you know foreign publishing. In addition to considering the allure of the topic of the work to foreign audiences, an author will need to factor in a different type of relationship usually forged with foreign publishers versus American houses, Finch says. A lot of it is having control and having a more direct relationship with your foreign publishers and also eventually having more of a continuous relationship. It is far more common in foreign countries to stay with the same publisher. More often, you are entering into what is going to be a long-term relationship. They figure they will build an author over several books. American publishers look at it as more like one book. Often an author can negotiate a larger advance, which may be needed to write or finish a manuscript, by selling world rights to an American publisher, Finch notes. Authors who sign world rights over to an American publisher can allow the Foreign Rights Department to handle details such as providing copies of the manuscript, bound galleys, and copies of the book instead of doing it themselves. One major difference for authors selling directly to foreign publishers, the authors will hold on to a larger share of the profits from a book because they are not splitting it with an American publisher. In addition, in a foreign country where an author would be required to pay taxes, the author would get the credit from the tax that is withheld from the earnings. A deciding factor can be an agent experience with handling foreign rights. We almost always prefer and would advise the author to keep the foreign rights and have us handle them for them, Finch says. We have extensive contacts and solid contacts. We've also seen over the years many different kinds of authors really build nice foreign relationships. Now, we're selling rights to books that were published here five or ten years ago. Some agents have a lot of clients who have been published abroad, and they have handled those rights. It is something that
5: could be an investment far into the future. That's all I'm reading. Mm-hmm. hmm Now, hm.
0: Can you read the last paragraph one more time for our listening audience? All right. Just in case, now, you know, someone might, yeah. yes, someone might be writing these things down Want to make sure they had the privilege of getting everything in all writing. Right. So
4: all right, I'm laughing is because when I said now, that's when I had started to read the last sentence. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> I'm sorry.
4: It's all right. All right. All right. So I'll just start, you know, from the uh, beginning before the last paragraph. A final deciding factor can be an agent's experience with handling foreign rights. We almost always prefer and would advise the author to keep the foreign rights and have us handle them for them, French says. We have extensive contacts and solid contacts. We've also seen over the years many different kinds of authors really build nice foreign relationships. Now we're selling rights to books that were published there five or 10 years ago. Some agents have a lot of clients who have been published
5: abroad and they have handled those rights. It is something that could be an investment far into the future. Mm
0: -hmm. And I heard agents mentioned, and I think that it's necessary a lot of times People want to represent themselves. You can have some people that feel so confident. They don't want to hire a lawyer. They want to be their own attorney. Well, if you want the best outcome in terms of your literary works and the profiting that you will acquire from sales of your published literary works, then it is necessary for you to invest in having a literary agent who can serve as your advocate when you are going into contract agreement finding. Because there might be something that you can't interpret as well as they can because of the legal background they have. So it's important for you to have someone who has that knowledge to represent you.
5: The Duke has something to say. How you
8: doing, guys?
0: Oh, good evening, good evening.
8: Yes, yes, the Duke has something to say. It's a trip you know what honestly every every artist that's out there you know you if they need to think about if they're having a contract or something presented to them you know the different things that they expect out of the the agreement i mean you can do it yourself you, you know it is a good idea though to get uh you know to hire a lawyer none of this is legal advice if you want legal advice go hire a lawyer but honestly if you write down all the provisions of the agreement that you expect on a piece of paper and then present those to whoever it is. You can, you know, you can hammer out those provisions. And if anything else comes up, write those down, then come back with a revised version. And you basically are, are writing your own contract while you're, while you're negotiating. That's the goal is the, the ultimate supreme goal of a, if the a, a contract is to, you know, obviously have a good agreement, then get some consideration and have a performance for the, for the, for the, you know, of the, whatever it is that you guys are agreed to, you're going to have to perform. Someone's going to have to perform. Mm -hmm. But the idea is if all of the elements of the, of the contract are met, then you know that there's no breach. And if you're the one that presents every single element of the contract point by point as it arises, now you're in total control of your contract And you understand every single thing because you wrote it down and you presented it. You know, it helps to come prepared. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not gonna Bingo. Oh, okay. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you (laughs) see the idea. The whole point of a contract, you guys, is you know, whether it be writing, you know, publishing, uh, you know, music, or any of those kinds. Window cleaning. Is to have every point of interest covered so that way both parties understand whether or not there has been a breach of contract. And the only way to get that is through mm-hmm. full, full disclosure, full disclosure of every single expectation
0: Thank you both parties. Thank Your you. Reference. It's like you we were here. It's like you were here on the call the whole time because we went into that a little before you called in. The importance of making sure that up front, all of the terms and the conditions that you have and all of the requirements that they have are all laid out on the table right up front. So everybody knows what's expected.
3: Right. Yeah. On both sides.
0: No gray areas. Right. I tried
3: to tell my my, I my,
8: I, I told my friend out in Massachusetts, I said, hey, friend. If you wanna work with me in music and you say that you have a promotion company, like you specialize in marketing and and you have a marketing mm-hmm. company and you say you can do something for me as a as an artist doing music, which well, my my only requirements are that you do A, B and C. So I'll write those down and I'll send those to you as a as a marketer, the most mark see and you if you like the terms, then you can you can agree, and then we can you can start marketing me. And now, what I expect from you is made known. And then the other side of it would be that the marketing company would have to show me also, my friend in Massachusetts, show me what he's gonna do, what what can I expect from him? Here's what he can expect from me. But what can I expect? from him? this is the purpose of negotiations. What can I expect from that, that marketing company? And if they're not willing to tell you everything that you can expect, I mean, by, you know, in this time we're going to do this, or we're going to do this to try and get this by this time. Okay, well, if we don't do that, then you broke the contract, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to is they need to produce full disclosure so that you know what to expect. How are you going to know what to expect if they never tell you? You will never know if they breach right. their contract. You will never know.
0: Uh, uh, here we go.
8: Take it from I me, Donaldson's the analysis here, them. analysis of the law, contract law. I've done it all. Constitutional law, by the way, is, is part of cons- uh, contract law. So when you study constitutional law for, for, for five years or six years, then... You may have a better understanding of what it means to constitute an agreement mm-hmm. between people. Between the people. Anyways, I give the mic. Thanks for letting me share Donaldson's analysis coming to you live on this, you know, uh, this Tuesday night. It's the uh, uh, exceptional scribble. We keep it. We keep it live. Y'all feel me?
0: Awesome, awesome, ladies and gentlemen. You just heard from the Duke. On the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show, he has shared with you and I, all of us, very pertinent facts regarding legal contracts. Remember, binding. What's contract and legal? It's binding. So be certain about what you're signing when you sign a contract. Know that you have read it frontwards, backwards, inverted, upwards, downwards, and that you have asked all the questions and you have all the answers that you should know. Don't well, go actually, into it blindly. Never go into a contract agreement blindly. Sage, What no, I was I trying to like say that. was that they need to
8: enter into it with their contract. That Every artist out here that's a writer needs to start to think about writing their own contract instead of going in expecting to have a contract presented to them because that's a benefit. See, if you go in like that, what's going to happen is you're going to be made to be like a tool. Okay. They're going to use you and that's it because you have, you're showing mm-hmm. through your conduct. Okay. that you have no knowledge of, of how business works the way that you have to do it as an artist, publisher, publishing your own work is to have your own contract. That's where I can help you, actually, Donaldson actually helps you with that,
0: okay. Can you share your context so that those who are listening, if indeed they want to acquire your services, they know how to correspond absolutely
8: to- you gotta call Thanks. me at four one five four two four three two seven six that's four one five four two four three two seven six I'm in north bay i'm of uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the north Northern California in the Bay Area san francisco or you can contact me um on facebook it's donaldson Slow time but the most important thing or you can email me sec, sec uh, second son of donald at gmail.com second son of donald at gmail.com not trying to take too much of the limelight but the reason why i stress um the artist actually bringing the contract forward a uh, forward is is that it takes away the the pain of having to, to rely on someone else presenting all these different terms of some sort of standardized agreement. You understand? You do not want to have a standardized agreement. A standardized agreement is something that has been used on many other artists, and there's all these standard legal provisions that you may not understand exactly what they mean. Now, if they if they bring something up to you, then, then you can write it down and say, oh, oh, I want, I want to make sure that this gets done or this gets done. You know, you write that down and you present that, that it's the job of such and such to do such and such by such and such date, and that's in the contract. And you write that down. You present it to them. You bring your own contract to the table. And by doing so, you're going to present yourself in a very responsible way. It may be startling to some, but it's, I believe that that the pub, it gets you a lot more respect with the, pub, with the publishing companies as well, when you come into the, to the agreement, the, maybe they have their own publishing agreement that you're going to sign with them, so you want to take your time, right? They're going to present you a contract. Look at it. Say, uh-huh. what, what are the different points of the contract? How many points are there? How many are relevant to what I want? If there's, if there's a contract provision that's not relevant to what you want to have happen, you got to cross it out. So you don't sign the dotted line agreeing to something that you never consented to. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Very good. This is necessary. Necessary information, ladies and gentlemen. You feel me? You feel? Sorry. Sorry. Mm Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No problem. That's right. Don't take it lightly. And I have a books to suggest for anyone that would like to read it. I think it's a good resource book. It's entitled Contract Law for Dummies. This is mm-hmm. by Scott J. Burnham, and it was first released. Its publication date is November 16th of 2011. Very good resource book. Again, You need to know this information going into an agreement. Uh, Why? Because legal contracts are binding. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to end up in court being sued for breach of contract. It can happen. You don't want that. Seriously.
5: And the best way to to,
8: to be in control is to... Be the one presenting the contract, and so that way you understand every point that is coming to the table. Like for example, if the contract is to to hold on to my, you know, my current cray- my box of crayons for thirty days, right? And also mm-hmm. not to use any of those crayons while you're holding on to them. Those are two separate provisions. Right. That's one is to hold the crayons for 30 days. The other one is to not use them. That's right. You got to know how to distinguish between each point of interest. Once you know that you have done that in writing on your own, come in. you can have your own contract that you'll present everywhere you go. It's going to make you look a lot more professional. People are going to love it. Like. I may be a better consultant than I am, you know, a musician in the music industry because I've been around this stuff so long. You guys, you know, this is just the Duke here. You know, I I can't I don't I can't say that I have to be successful in music to understand how it works. I never made a million dollars. But I can tell you right now, if I had done a couple of things differently, maybe I would have.
0: Well, I tell you, it, it's definitely fact for most. If we did things differently, we would be in a different place in our lives right now. But it's never too late if you still have
3: mm-hmm.
0: oxygen. <laughs>
8: yeah. and, no, um,
0: you're six feet above and not six feet under. You have time. That's what's up. <laughs> right. And uh this is Warriors
4: Queen's support. and I also want to add regarding, you know, if you don't understand a contract, that's us you get an entertainment lawyer. That's right, to read it over for you. And go over well, it together and anything.
3: Okay. And anything you
4: don't understand, you can ask the you know, the entertainment lawyer. And also get a law dictionary. <laughs> Well, an entertainment law dictionary. I'm pretty sure they are a soul.
0: Now that's good information. Mm-hmm. Now I have another piece. You can I, I just put in the chat room <laughs> the book entitled Contract Law for Dummies. It's literally giving you a step by step um instructional guide on how to write your own contract. And along with that There is a link you can visit, which is Education, Politics, Government, Contract Law for Dummies cheat sheet, where they actually have a cheat sheet you can reference, which kind of gives you a lot more insight of how to do this thing right called contract writing, contract um, assignments, and um, formation of a contract. It, It goes into a lot, but it's very helpful and it's necessary information. There's three essential elements of contract formation. One is the offerer promises the offeree something in exchange for the offeree's promise to do or not to do something. That's called the offer. Then you have the acceptance. The offeree gives the offerer whatever was requested, such as a promise to do or not to do something.
8: That's called a yeah.
0: Then you have the consideration. The consideration is whatever each party brings to the table in the bargained for exchange. Okay. So those are three essential Mm -hmm. elements of contract formation. So you just got a a brief tutorial um, from me, Sage the Poet, and I am in no way a legal study. Okay. I just know that if I want to do something, I like to do things right. <laughs> so that provokes me to study, to know the things I don't already know. And I would advise anyone else to do the same.
8: Mhm. Yeah. Well, the one thing, one quick thing about the <laughs> offer and acceptance Mhm. that, that has to do with the agreement. The agreement is one of the elements of a contract. You have to have agreement and without an offer, or an acceptance there is no agreement, so you can't have an agreement if you don't have an offer or an acceptance now there's Bye. another type there's another type so you did it right when it, when you talked to, when you spoke about accept uh, when you spoke about um, agreement consideration and um, performance now you have the elements of the contract make sure you have those locked down that way you know who to you know who's supposed to do what when where um and that that every single thing that you bring to the table meaning if you buy paper if you go mm-hmm. out and buy a block of pa- uh, you know uh, 250 sheets of paper Me. that's consi- mean, for a, for a book that you're going to type out mm-hmm. you know that's a consideration on your part because you spent money for it they didn't pay you to go out and buy the paper so even
2: though they never
8: gave you money as a as a publishing company you still you gave consideration by going out and buying the pens and pencils and having the computer and everything necessary to actually do the writing all that mm-hmm. property is considered consideration believe it or not Because you have it there, at, at, like for window cleaning, for example. Since I stay ready, right? I have towels, window squeegees, um, the right handles. I got clean mops. You know, I've got uh, poles, ladders, or whatever. Right? I've always, I've got it all ready. I already spent money on it, right? I can, mm-hmm. in other words, I gave a form of consideration ahead of the performance. Now, whether or not the other party gave me any consideration, doesn't matter. One party has to give some consideration at some point in order for there to be a, con- a valid contract. If you have consideration, then you have a contract. Mm. And that's why it's super important to put that: If you spend money on anything to yeah. get your book, book ready, that is consideration. And you have already met that element of the contract.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: What do you think about that, Sage?
0: I agree to that. I've kind of been there. Um, I had a situation and I bought the paper. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I came out of pocket and I purchased the paper. Mm-hmm. So what needed to get published, I afforded the paper. So, you mm-hmm. know, um, compliment me accordingly in this contractual agreement, let us both come to terms. And the condition is, it was on my part that there was consideration shown on the behalf of everyone involved in this. And I just want to make sure I'm compensated well for my services. Fair is fair. That's the way I do business. I always say that too. Fair is fair. Fair is fair.
8: And always give a guarantee, a guarantee, guarantee, guarantee your work. In other words, if Mm -hmm. you perform, if you perform and these motherfuckers ain't happy, then all you have to do is give a guarantee that says that you will go in and correct whatever area that that they're not happy with.
0: Mm. Okay. I just want my paper back. That's how I was. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Now we had an agreement here. And I mm-hmm. bought this paper with the understanding that if I showed consideration on my end and I took oh, care you, of making sure perform. that we had this paper, that yes. <laughs> we would agree. So, okay, is there a problem? Because if so, well, here's, I need to know.
8: Sage, here's how that would work. Let's say you presented your own contract, right, and in it you said that, all the paper that you would purchase would be consideration for the performance of the of the writing that's going to lead to the end result right of the publish publishing deal that's right so now they uh, they have full disclosure and they know that when you go out and buy paper that completes one of the elements of the contract they don't have to do a dang thing it makes it really really easy to have a contract it takes a lot of the burden off of the publishing company.
0: Right. Now, I, how about, okay, it wasn't just paper. It was that glossy.
3: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: that bold, glossy <laughs> paper. It was the best kind, and I checked. I made sure it was the best kind. So I really went above and beyond the call of duty with my consideration. Hmm. So, and in that regard, shouldn't there be some kind of special um, type of uh, accommodation made?
8: Sure. I mean, if you want to, like, put in there, um, like, a cap on, on the amount of consideration to be made in advance of the production of the <laughs> actual document, then mm-hmm. that would probably work to benefit the, the client's interest. So, and when uh, I say client, I mean publishing company. Because you you think of yourself pub- as a business, and the company publishing for you is actually your client. And they think of it the same way. They fi- they see you as a client. And I'm trying to I'm trying to say you got to look at them as a client. Because you can have more than one publishing, you know, going on.
0: That's true. Because it's my product, <laughs> my writing, my paper.
8: I have to use the second you my guys, writing, I got My paper. That's right. Excellent, excellent point there, Sage. Duke, out of here, real quick. I got to yield. I'll be back in 10, ten minutes here. All right.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, this is interesting. I'm glad that we're on this subject matter. I think we're helping those out there that are listening because right now in the community, okay, a lot of new, upcoming, and rising entrepreneurs are being born. So we have a lot of people that are, for the first time in their life, realizing the necessity of knowing how to write a contract. So this, what we're saying tonight, what we're having dialogue about tonight, this is essential. And for the most part, there are writers today who are going to be publishers tomorrow. So it is necessary that they hear this information and that they know these things that we're discussing. So I'm glad that this discussion has evolved in the manner in which it has because it is helping others. And that's why this show and its platform was designed because writers need a support group, literary artists and artists in general, who are indie or independent artists need a strong support group. And we have decided to take the onus upon us to be that. You know, we are not the only support group that exists for literary artists or indie slash independent artists, but we are one, one of many. Not the first of many, but we're one of many, and we're happy about it. You know, we are truly doing this because we're passionate about art, and we're passionate about supporting the indie independent artists out there. Why? Because too often they're the struggling and the starving artists, and that's not fair. And we want to end that dilemma by saying you have – a friend in us. You have support. We're here to support you. We see, we know the struggle. It's real. We're in it too. But if we all unite together and we support each other, if I share what I know, you share what you know, everyone is enriched. No one is left behind. And that's what we're doing. And this is positive. So let's keep it going. So we want to say thank you to everyone who is supporting this show's platform. We could not do this without you. Uh, TalkShoe.com is an Internet server. This program is published through. And we are honored that TalkShoe.com gives us this Opportunity for three hours every Tuesday. We're on the air. We had an awesome literary artist in the spotlight earlier tonight. And Cherise Francis is her name and her book. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that book is available on Amazon.com. I'm going to repeat. The book is entitled Lucy's Bone Scrolls The Black Speculative Mystery. It is a chapter book. She did announce it's for a mature audience. And um, there's more to come. There's more to come. And what's awesome is history. She's a history buff. And she mm-hmm. interweaves history within these poetic stories that are told. Okay. So, you know, I think that's incredible and um she does investigative research ladies and gentlemen that's one of her um her passions investigative research and that enables her to dig and to get the facts that she incorporates into her poetry which is fiction but with a lot of truth true events are featured <laughs> in this fiction poetry so Um, yeah, buy the book. It's available at Amazon.com. She's coming soon to a lot of places. She's just getting started. The book was just published last August, um, August 7th, 2017. So we want to promote her. She is an indie independent artist. And she started off just writing poems just because. That's her passion. And now she's writing books. So for all those writers out there, don't Sell yourself cheap. Don't mm-hmm. put yourself in the closet or in a box. Don't only write on occasions when you know you can write every day. The more you write, the better the writing becomes. Mm-hmm. Practice makes perfect. Don't stop. Keep doing what you love. Warrior is clean. Yes,
4: thank you, Duchess Fran. I'm signing off for tonight. Mm. Okay, well, thank
8: you. Well, we appreciate me, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, by the way, Queen Zipporah, Warrior Queens Queen Zipporah, let's get some respect and shouts out to you. I want to tell you thank you for what you do. You're awesome. I ain't no liar. Who's going to call me a liar when I tell you you're awesome? All right, hey, thank buddy. you, Duke.
4: Yeah. Well, You're anybody welcome. that does, you know, that's their viewpoint. Keep that in mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One more thing, Words Queen, can you repeat the suggested <laughs> reading, what everyone should read for next week? stuff?
8: you look at the problem. Anyway, right, sorry, sure someone on. was. So, yeah,
0: sorry.
4: All right. So here's the <laughs> suggested reading: Uncovering Our Mask, or Freud Reader. Edited with commentary by Bruce P. Lapington.
0: All right, uncovering our masks by Foy Reader, edited with commentary by Bruce P. Lapington. Yeah, A for Reader. Yeah. yeah. Um,
4: Duchess is A for Reader. Oh, okay. A
0: boy reader. Okay,
4: so it's A F. No, just the letter A,
0: capital A. Oh, thank you. I need to know that. Thanks so much. Um, What was that thing you were just saying,
8: Sage? Uh, say you just finished up the last thing you said besides, you know, before Warriors was was going to sign off. Were you, What were you talking about?
0: Oh, I was just basically, in, it was by um, word of encouragement, reminding the artists out there to never stop doing what they love. Uh
3: Uh-huh. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you've ever talked to someone that's a senior, okay, someone that's like maybe in their 70s or 80s, and you ask them, well, why do you keep working? You know, you can retire any day. Like, you know, you put your time in. Why don't you just retire and um, take a vacation? And they turn to you and they say to you, if I stop now, I'll die. Like, I actually had that happen to me. <laughs> right? It scared me because the person was so serious. They looked me dead in their eye. Well over 70. Um, in good health, too. You know, physically fit. They run every morning and all that. And I'm like, wow, if you stop, you die. But it kind of, it, it, it marks me. And now I pass that on. It's almost like a passing of a torch because I felt that they were supposed to tell me that. And it's like, now I tell artists that, you know, I turned it around into a positive affirmation to other artists to say, don't stop doing what you love because if you do, you die.
3: Right. And
0: that literally has saved people's lives. I've had people come to me and tell me, you know, that saved my life. What you said. Hmm. So, yeah, words, words have power. Well, right, and, and,
8: and, and it's important. It, it impacted me just at the very end of it because I came back on the call and I heard you saying it, and I instantly thought quantum grammar. I was like, well, she's saying mm-hmm. talking to me. She's talking to me. <laughs> I was like, I was so, uh, my heart went out to you immediately when I heard that, and I, and I wanted to say, like, yeah, like, that makes a lot of sense, you know, if you if you're good at it, just keep doing it, keep writing it. And I wanted I wanted to give you guys a quick example of of some of the 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 the, the, the progression of my my style here before we before Queen Sephora takes off. I would like to have the pleasure of kicking one piece. Sure, I'm sure she has off ten minutes. What's that? She so got a minute, Queen. Courierous.
3: Warriors. Yeah, I'm still
8: here. Yeah, I've got a couple okay, here. So, okay, here we go. Let me see. Here we go. This call this piece is called with. With. I just made it up. I'm making it up right now. Here we go. With this mic. Yo, with this life. With this height. With this strife. With this likeness. With this kindness. With this spite. With this mice on this mic. For well, this MC, it's with this claim of this witness, 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 yeah, you know, witness with this. When it comes to this fitness on this mic for this instance, it's with this instant. This instant is with this claim of this persistence and insistence on this terminology by this MC. That's that piece.
1: Mm.
8: Yeah. So, did you hear what I was doing there? That's yes, basically yes, the, I did. Give, giving away all the goods, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> Warrior Risk, Queen Zippora. Did you have any comments?
8: None. <laughs> I mean, I did that on the mic the other day, you guys, and it totally mm-hmm. like. I, first of all, I was going out. I was I was MCing, open mic, people in the audience, band on stage, live MCs, live DJ, all that. Right, open the mic, pass it to me. So next thing you know your boy Donaldson. But Duke on stage live clicking like spoken word over beats. Right? And Mm -hmm. what did I do? I stuck to my craft. I stuck to my style. I I kept with it. I kept I do I did exactly what you were, were, were was telling everyone to do. Keep with it. And what did I do? I focused. I made I made this other another freestyle poetry uh jam basically we I mean, all around the preposition with right but i was using different facts different nouns the nouns that i was using just now were different nouns that i used when i was on the open mic but the key is to keep it keep doing it and when you finally do you'll start to discover more and more about your craft and different areas and directions that you can take it in And it'll be successful. People, actually, people dig, dug it. You know, they, they were like, wow, that's, that's kind of cool what he did with the word with. You know? Or if I say, check this out, I'm going to use the verb so, and then I'll use, I'll change my preposition each time, and I'll keep the article and the noun exactly the same. So the verb is so. And then my preposition will change. It'll come next. Then the article will be this and then mic. So, so. Then I'll have a preposition. And then I'll have the word this and this, and then mic. So, here we go. So, for this mic. So, of this mic. So, with this mic. So, by this mic. So, through this mic. So, above this mic. So, inside this mic. So, outside this mic. So, above this mic. So, around this mic. Mm. You see what I'm saying?
3: hmm
8: You see the impact? Very powerful. Very powerful. That's all for now. Thank you very much for letting me share.
0: You're welcome. We appreciate you. And that's art, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you heard what was done and that you took it in because it's something, maybe it's not something you have been exposed to till now, but I guarantee you it's something you won't forget. Because it's relevant. I like to say relevant art is the art that never, ever is forgotten. It's a, oh, yeah. it's it's All year classic. All Yeah. That's right. That's the art that lives always. That's what Exercise. Well, thanks for letting me share, you guys.
8: And, and Queens and Ford, thanks for coming. And thanks for being a ho- the host on the show and for sticking with Sage and being so, you know, strategically.
0: Well, we, with your, we, you know, we can't do anything without agreement. You know, it takes two and three, and it just takes people agreeing. And that's what's so wonderful about what we do. You know, it's not a one-person show. It's it's a team. It's a panel. We have a panel here. And when people call in, if one of us doesn't know the answer, somebody knows. So that's what's appealing to our listeners. You know, somebody knows. And we're supporting each other. And that's what counts. That's what matters. Excellent.
8: Yeah,
0: that's it right there.
8: That's it. That you okay. killed it. You killed it like a Scottish yotla. Oh, by the way, I just found out recently by doing this research that the word "like" is not just a preposition, but it's also a an I think it's an adjective and a conjunction as well. Um, or <laughs> wow! Like wow! <laughs> now
0: that's major. That's major right there. Because I know a lot of people didn't know that. <laughs> Whoa. yeah,
8: it's tr- it's weird because. A lot of people will say let's say you're an MC, you're on the mic, right? And you're like mm-hmm. you're saying you're saying like like like, like volcanoes or like an, like the, like MCs, like like, heat, mm-hmm. like like trees, like thugs, like drugs, like this, like that mm-hmm. you don't say this or that. the idea right, is right, right. if you're saying like and then you put a tax after it, like vans, like hearts, like jeans. Like MCs, like DJs, like this. Okay, so the idea is, if you, you can't say this, because this is an article. If I say like this, now I'm referring to this as if it is a noun. But this is not a noun. This is an article, you see? And so people don't think about that, but that's the beauty of art. But right now, I think, I think art is going you know, 180 degrees. Around it's going in another direction now. It's like it's in some ways it's very expansive, you know, very very expansive because you can, you can, you can see how with with the advent of logical language formats that um, the art that was in the past was using all the modification, but now it's getting around to precision. Precision is also becoming part of art whereby it used to be mostly about, um, like, distortion.
0: Oh, right? okay. Distortion. Okay. yeah. The abstract part is pretty much... You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not all about precision with abstract. That's true. Exactly. But the classic, yeah. but wait a minute, when you get into the classic art, yes, it is about precision. Yeah. Also, the word Yeah, mm-hmm. Just. That's also a, a verb Throkes, that I use. You know, certain numbers, mm-hmm. of strokes, and, right, everything had to be exact and measured, you know, with the classic
8: arm. Okay, well, look, one other thing, real quick, though. You guys, I also learned this. Before I, I learned that I can't be going out and freestyling with this style on the mic anymore On and giving away this style.
3: You know mm-hmm. why? Because mm-hmm. they
8: will bite. All the other That's artists so. out there, right. the MCs, are going to bite my style. Why are they going to do right. that? Because they don't know what the hell I'm doing, but it sounds cool as shit. It sounds really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: right? And they don't,
8: But they don't know what I'm doing. So they're going to listen to it and be like, oh, I'll do that. I've already had it happen. I was sitting, I was mm-hmm. hanging out, I've seen a few MCs follow me or go before me and th- when they spit... They use, they're using more prepositions, and they're talking about pronouns and this and that. And ever since I've been involved in it, using my correct prepositional phrase technology on the mic as an MC, other MCs have been picking up on it and biting, mm-hmm. straight up stealing my style. And, but they're never going to really understand it that's why, unless I start to explain it to them. That's why I figured mm-hmm. my, my niche My niche is actually going out there and being able to explain it to them. So the only way I can succeed doing what I want to do is be strategic with it by having an album in advance produced and then released with a big bang. This way people go, oh, damn, that style was tight, and he backed it up with an album. See, now I can't Mm -hmm. steal it. Everyone will know that I'm sounding like him if I do that. Or if I do Mm -hmm. steal it, I'm going to have to give credit to him. You see, because he came yeah. out with that stuff first, and so that's right. I, I, unfortunately, I have to, I have to, you know, de- recline basically with my style and and develop a, a a release. So that's where I'm at with that.
0: Yeah, because I don't know of honestly, I, I I don't know of any MCs that are uh, using the quantum grammar you know, right. yeah. you know delivery. I don't
8: know well, right off the bat. Talib, Talib Kweli, uh Most Deaf, Common, all those, you know, a lot of people from the East Coast are actually doing that. And even a lot of people uh, do it and they don't even know that, but they don't even they don't do it know. on purpose. They don't know what they're doing. That's the whole thing about it. But you remember we were talking with Bruce the other night, right? Bruce from Genius is Common. What a great guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and he was saying how... You've got these other MCs out there that have been wordsmiths in the game.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, a couple. That's true,
8: right? And and I would based on his. Well, how about was, this?
0: We say there's is. not any that are being consistent with their delivery and using quantum grammar.
8: That is correct. That is correct. And, and oh, oh, oh my god, dude! That's why I I was like I was trying to do play that. around with do that. I'm telling you, that's that's the, it's the total lick. It is the absolute 100% niche lick. Mm-hmm. It's the niche lick. I was just is correcting, like thing?
0: I'm, I'm a do that.
8: <laughs> the feminine energy. <laughs> do that. That's funny. To do that. <laughs> do that. For that, I would, in a battle, I'd be like, for that MC on the mic, it's with the claim of an uh, oratory of a rap style, like it's like. Like like a, like a Saran rap when it's wrapped up tight. I don't know. The, pot, the bottom line is if I battle MCs, I have to start with a, a, talking about the other MC and they end up talking about me. Start talking about mm-hmm. him, end up talking about me. That's a strategy. Most MCs don't do that either. You know? Stick with the style. Use limited verbs. I, I could teach how to rap. I could teach mm-hmm. this. In other words, this whole thing could be not just me as a professional MC, but teaching people how to really use language, English language, to empower themselves in their in their in their lives, right? And then also right. teaching them how to rap, how to be rappers, you know. They, so this they were, you know. So this. This thing actually has potential to, to blow up into something much, much bigger than just a professional rap career, in my opinion, right. you know. So so that's Absolutely. kind of the direction I'm going with it also, you know. Uh, by the way, if you don't know, my, my new stage name is Grammar Don, um, and it's uh, D-O-N, Grammar Don, like Donaldson. Uh, so you can go on my Instagram and check me out on Insta, right there at grammar dawn i've got some beatboxing i've got some other samples of me singing my friend jacob playing trumpet with me uh, on the mic and yeah we're just we're having a good old time but at the same time i just want you guys to know that by, by being persistent i've been able to actually come up with all these different ways of producing this this particular um niche Okay, and it, and so your words, Sage, about sticking with it, really, you know, I take them to heart, man. Really, really great stuff there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, well, it looks like we're coming to the end of tonight's show, but before that, I must share next week, we're going to take a voyage to India, ladies and gentlemen, yes? You heard me correct. We are going to have in the spotlight Mr. Jawed Akhtar. Jawed? Yes, yes. He's going to be joining us on this platform from 8 p.m. our time to 9 p.m. He will be discussing our topic will be creating legitimate dialogue for televised broadcast, and our focus will be reading, writing, and mastering persuasive speech to impact the world. All right. We're going to have an awesome Hi. show. Good yes, guys. Awesome brother. Too. Awesome brother from India, I tell you. Very insightful. Um,
8: uh, give me one sec. I'll be right back. Uh, is Queens and Porras still on the call?
0: Yeah, I'm no, I think we, now. We, we're, we like, ending now because I know talk should be going do
8: this off. Well, you guys, good night. Queen Sephora, good night. Uh, warriors. And also uh, the Duchess. Yes. That is, you yes. know Real quickly. Duchess, that sounds so gentle. You know? Actually, Duchess.
0: a stage. Duchess. Actually, a stage. But um, in terms of our royal <laughs> handles, <laughs> I'll go with Duchess. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we Word. all have a
0: royal handle on this platform.
8: All right, you guys, have the, I'm Duke, gonna, I'm... the
3: Duchess
0: and the Warriorish Queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sound
4: kind of vicious, don't we? Warriorish Queen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Duke, the Duchess, and then there's the Warriorish Queen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I
0: understand. Yeah, they all sound like scary. <laughs> like, oh, you
4: yeah. know what warriors do? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we got some tough highs on this platform, Mm -hmm. so beware of us. (laughs) If you come this way and you come Mm -hmm. wrong, you're going to get cut. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Sliced and diced for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, so join us again next week, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you, and we hope that you appreciate this show's platform because it was designed with you in mind. The Exceptional Scribble Show, it's all for you. If you are a literary artist or an indie slash independent artist, we don't want you to struggle and starve out there. This show is your resource. It is a platform to support you in your efforts to master your craft, the craft. Okay? All right. That's why we're here. And we hope that you came for that reason too. Join us again next week. You won't be disappointed. Peace and blessings. We do have some soothing sounds for you to hear before you go. This song entitled Location. Yes, yes. One of my faves. Yes, yes. Location by Khalid. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen.
6: and the I don't need nothing